What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders podcast. I am your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. We are back. It has been a minute. Uh, we Right before we just went on, uh, experiencing some weird technical difficulties. So if you guys can't hear me or can't hear Hani or anything like that, please let me know in the chat. Uh, but we are back. I am joined by uh, Hani Amadian, as always. Hani, uh, it's been a while since we've done one of these. Two things. One, it's natural that we are jumping back on while Lakers Twitter is having a meltdown on Easter Sunday. And two, I want to know how many, approximately how many Popeye's chicken sandwiches you have consumed since the last time we recorded. Uh, I went on a, a fasting strike. I have not had a single one since we haven't, uh, uh, since, since all of this has been happening. Honestly, probably since the last time we did a podcast. That's, that's how committed I am to this bit just for uh, our, our pod. Listen, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I don't if they know. Were, if, if Popeyes would come out and sponsor us already, I would have been having one every single day. This is true. If they don't step it up soon, like I might have to go try the KFC chicken sandwich uh, that's recently come out. I, I do actually want to try it, but I feel I feel like I'd feel kind of dirty, like I'd be cheating. So <laughs> I I don't know. But hey. Uh, I won't go that far, but the McDonald's one is pretty good. I have tried that one. So you so. cheat? You cheat? You won't go that far, but you cheated already. <laughs> we, we, we were on a break. <laughs> <laughs> on a break, I love it. Um, all right, well, we were on a break, and I apologize to everybody for that. Um, life's been uh, pretty crazy for me um, personally. Hani and I both uh, work very, very early in the morning, so some of these late late start times and late end times because um, we did have a stretch for a while there. Lakers seem to play every game going into overtime, um, which isn't isn't ideal for people to have to be up early the next day. But um, we are back. Uh, personally, I'm finally at a point um, in, in my school semester where it's things have settled down quite a bit, so I'll be around much, much more often. I'm looking forward to doing more of these as we, we gear up for the last 20 games or so of the regular season uh, going into the playoffs, assuming the Lakers make the playoffs, because if you ask Lakers Twitter right now, I think everybody's <laughs> worried that they might not make it. So um, we'll, we'll dive into that. Today we're going to talk about the basically just the state of the Lakers. It's been a while since we did one of these, so we'll kind of recap where uh, the team is at, um, the, the current outlook moving forward, and, and things like that. And if we have time at the end, we will answer you guys' questions. So if you have questions, uh, drop them in the chat. As always, guys, we do these uh, live on twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders, uh, on YouTube, and on facebook.com slash Lakers Outsiders. If you want to support us, you can like uh, or follow, subscribe uh, to all, th- all three platforms there. Um, you can, you'll be able to join us in the chat and um, ask questions and you know have some back and forth dialogue with us and stuff like that. And, and we'll, we would like to really incorporate that because you guys are uh, you know the, the main reason why we do this. We we enjoy communicating with with the Lakers uh, community and and you know um, just having that that feedback and that relationship with you guys. So, all right. Without further ado, the Lakers got beat pretty bad today, which wasn't totally unexpected. Uh, losing on Easter Sunday against the Clippers, who were not 100% healthy, but were pretty damn healthy. I would have swapped situations in a, in a heartbeat because they had <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Um, you know, the, their main guys, Lakers, obviously, have been without LeBron James and Anthony Davis for an extended period of time and are probably going to be for at least a couple more weeks. Um, so with that being said, Honey, the Lakers have obviously been struggling. They're four and six in the last ten, but they have been missing their two two best players and two 
in my opinion, top five players in the league. Uh, how are we feeling about this team? Are we are we concerned, or is it just kind of this is just what it is for for the time being? Um, the way I kind of look at it is if if you look at their schedule over this last stretch, especially since LeBron has gone down, and you go team by team. It's not really surprising which games they've lost and which ones they've won. They've beaten the teams that they were capable of beating in the Cavs, the Magic, and the Kings, and they've lost to uh, really a bunch of contenders uh, in the Suns, the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Clippers, and then also the Pelicans. That, that might be the one game that you say, well, we could have won that one as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's not a lot of concern on my part in terms of how they're playing because – this is a team that is missing the two superstars that it's built around. Everybody else uh, was brought to this team to work as a role player off of those guys, and now all of their roles have increased. They're playing uh, in a situation that they were not ever supposed to play in. And frankly, I don't think they've played that poorly, all, all things considered. I think offensively they've been garbage, um, and that's not surprising because they don't have LeBron James, who is uh, maybe the – greatest player of all time, especially offensively, and he's the guy that sets up a lot of their offense. Um, But defensively, they've still been amazing even since LeBron has gone down and without Anthony Davis. Um, I think they, I don't know about after tonight, but I think before today's game, they were uh, second in defensive efficiency in that time since LeBron has gone down, which is frankly like remarkable considering those are two guys that have legitimate cases or would have had legitimate cases for um, the All-NBA defensive teams Mm -hmm. if they didn't get injured. Um, So from that perspective, I I think I'm pretty optimistic. Um, Yeah, there's concerns. Obviously, uh, Anthony Davis being out as long as he has been is concerning and we don't know how he's going to play once he is back. Uh, if he's going to be back, honestly, like uh, Frank Vogel today said that it's going to be another few weeks, I think, um, until he's back. And it's already been, I think, seven weeks since he went down with this injury. So we have not really seen Anthony Davis play with this team quite uh, at all. Uh, LeBron as well, you know, you don't, we don't really know exactly what his timetable is. It hasn't officially been announced at any point. Um, I think that if, if you do have a concern about this team, it's that, uh, you know, sort of similarly uh, to the Clippers of last year where, you know, they managed to tread water but when, when their guys weren't all playing together in terms of Kawhi and Paul George, but they really did not play a lot together at all. Um, I think they ended up playing something like 20 or 20 to 30 games in the regular season together, maybe more. Um, and so they didn't really build that chemistry. Obviously, the Lakers have a little bit of an advantage in that the, the core of this team was here last year as well, mm. and they're just kind of fitting in some pieces around it. But I think that is you know, a, a concern that when Anthony Davis comes back and then when LeBron comes back, they're kind of going to have to be rebuilding that chemistry and rebuilding how they play together and getting all those guys up to speed again. And with only 22 games until uh, the playoffs are here, and then you're kind of going into this Western Conference where there's at least four really, really good teams uh, in the Clippers, the Suns, and the Utah Jazz, and and a lot of other solid teams in the bottom half of the playoff bracket. Um, it, it, that that part of it is concerning to me. But in terms of how they're actually playing, I, I can't really be upset at the games that they're losing um, and how they're losing them. Yeah, I mean, I've mostly shrugged off most of – what's gone on this season because this team had a two-month off season. I was, you know, we were concerned 
going in, how, how the team would be from a physical standpoint, you know, their, their conditioning, their health and all that stuff. And we've, we've been saying, you know, from the get go that the most important thing for this team was going to always be just staying healthy, being healthy going into the postseason. And I think that hasn't changed one bit. I love the, the, the makeup of this roster. It's not perfect. I think there are still, you know, there's still a buyout spot that they could improve the roster, hopefully with a, with a wing that can either shoot, play defense, or maybe both. Probably won't find one that can do both uh, at this point. Those are usually a premium in the NBA. So, um, but, I mean, like I said, th- th- this situation just is what it is. You know, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's all sunshine and rainbows, but I'm honestly still not concerned about this team i mean i think this honestly maybe it's just the the optimistic side of me but i think this could be like a blessing in disguise long term for this team because i think a lot of these guys are are learning to play without lebron and ad which in the playoffs if those guys are healthy they're not going to really have to do uh barring foul trouble Mm -hmm. or anything like that um but I think it's a good thing if these guys do learn how to play without those guys so that if something does happen where, you know, maybe it's a, a minor injury or there's foul trouble, AD goes out with three fouls in the first quarter or something like that, and LeBron does have to take breaks, these guys are, you know, have that those reps playing without both of them and can ultimately kind of figure it out from there. Obviously, you know, it's not something that is probably very sustainable because this team is built around LeBron and AD and their skill set, but I do think... The, the combination of that, getting these guys reps and learning how to not have that safety net of two of the best players in the world to, to bail them out. Um, and combined with, you know, obviously you're, I'm anticipating both LeBron and AD will come back and be, be healthy because the Lakers are going to be very cautious and basically they're, they're not going to rush these guys back. Um, and that that's the key thing is I think – I think LeBron especially needed the time off because he had been grinding it out and I was I was worried about his legs because, you know, his, his age and everything and he wasn't taking games off and all this stuff. And I think he had the one game before yeah. the All-Star break. Um, but getting those guys the rest, I know, you know, it's not how you want to do it with with the injuries, but I think it'll, it'll allow those guys to really recover – Basically, all the other maybe like nagging injuries and stuff that they're dealing with, um, on top of you know the, the rehab that they're dealing with for the the primary injuries. But I think they'll come back fresh, um, and and that's that's the that's the key thing I think is obviously you don't want to put more burden on the rest of these guys, but if you can get LeBron and AD fresh with fresh legs going into the playoffs, and then everybody kind of falls back into their normal roles, I think this team can can still make a run and certainly repeat as champs. Um, because I think they still would be the best team in the Western Conference, even though it's you know the Western Conference is, is a grind. And then if you make it through, you're most likely looking at the Brooklyn Nets um, at the end of the yeah. road there. So, um, like I said, it's it's not an ideal situation um, lo- losing games and and having to to really grind out, especially with this long road trip that the Lakers are on, and the next ten games or so is is very tough. And there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of very losable games for sure because you're playing some really good teams and you're playing very shorthanded. Um, and of course, the Nets uh, announced I think yesterday that Kevin Durant is on the verge of coming back just in time to play the Lakers, so that's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sucks. You know, this situation is what it is. It sucks. You obviously hate to see injuries. Injuries suck. And you want to see this team fully healthy because we haven't really seen them fully healthy. And when we when they were. 
they were really damn good. And that was with really? a short offseason and a team that probably wasn't super fresh. Um, maybe, you know, here in a few weeks, the, the I think the Lakers and some other a couple other teams in California will be um, welcoming some fans back to, to arenas and stuff like that. Maybe that'll give the team a little a little boost here and there, but, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. It's, they just have to grind it out. They just have to get through, get through the storm that they're in right now. Um, because it's, it's tough, but it's always, it's always been a long-term game with this team. And it's always been about the playoffs, just get to the playoffs healthy. And I think they'll, they'll be just fine. I I still believe if this team is fully healthy, they're going to be insanely difficult to beat four times out of seven. Yeah, um, I, I pretty much feel the same way, even with uh, potential seating issues. And it sounds like that's going to matter a little bit more than we thought it was going to because fans are starting to uh, get into arenas. So there will be at least some sort of a home court advantage uh, rather than you know just the travel issue of it all. But mm-hmm. um, even with that, I think looking up and down the Western Conference standings, if this team is healthy, the only team I, I truly really worry about is still the Clippers. I think the Jazz are a great team, um, and they can shoot lights out, at, but they kind of have sort of the same vibe as the Rockets last year and that the, uh, they can beat you with their three-point shooting, but if you take that away or if you uh, have a solid game plan of taking one of their stars away uh, out of the game, um, then you can easily beat them. And I think the Suns are probably not quite at the experience level um, to really beat the Lakers. And then there's, you know, other tough teams like the Nuggets, the Blazers, the Mavs, uh, whoever else. But looking up and down that list, I, I'm still really the Clippers are the only team that I think are on the same <clears throat> level as the Lakers. And I would still consider the Lakers as a favorite if they are healthy. So, yeah, like you said, I'm just kind of echoing that sentiment that I, I'm not too concerned about their playoff chances. Uh, I'm not concerned about them missing the playoffs, and I'm, I'm not too concerned about them making a run as long as uh, they're healthy, and hopefully they're healthy early enough that they can kind of get some reps as, uh, as a full roster before the playoffs actually start. How upset do you think Rudy Gobert would be if he had to see Anthony Davis in a playoff series? I think, yeah, I think um, – there's a pretty solid chance right now that that would be the second round that the Jazz, after going this hard in the regular season and uh, really just kicking ass for for a very long stretch, and to have a three and a half game lead over the two seed right now, it seems very likely that the Jazz are going to be the one seed. That in the second round they get the Lakers, who might be the absolute worst uh, mismatch for them uh, in the playoffs. So. Yeah, I think he would hate it. I would love it. I think that would be a really fun series in a lot of ways. Um, but I would I would definitely fancy the Lakers' chances. Yeah, and <laughs> if the Lakers do – so let's say, you know, I guess one thing I wanted to ask you was how concerned you might be about the Lakers dropping in the standings because there's a lot of fans that seem to be very concerned that they might not make the playoffs. Like, oh, you can't make a run in the playoffs if you don't make it, blah, blah, blah. I think one thing people are forgetting is that to make the playoffs this year, you got to be in the top 10 because yeah. you have the play-in games. Obviously, you don't want to be 10 or 9 in that situation because you you have, your, you have a tougher odds to overcome. But, like, I would trust the Lakers in two do-or-die games in, in a play-in would win both of those games, especially against if it's a team like the the Spurs or, or the Mavs. I, I think they would win – both of those. Not not saying those two teams aren't aren't good. Um, 
I think the Mavs have figured out a lot of stuff and they would be tough. But, um, like, right now the, the cutoff for missing the playoffs, the, the – the Warriors are tenth right now at twenty three and twenty six. The Lakers are thirty one and nineteen, so like yeah. they'd have to tumble a long way. And that's, I mean, even if the Lakers lose every game on this road trip, the Warriors are not going to win their next six, seven games, right? Like if they do, yeah. I mean, hey, hats off to you. But the um, the, the Warriors are just lost by fifty three points <laughs> to the Toronto Raptors, who haven't even been good this year. It, this is like it, it's a it's a non issue for me. I don't think. Uh, as as bad as the Lakers have been without LeBron and AD, because duh, I don't think that they're <laughs> going to be bad enough to drop that far, especially when those two come back, um, you know, for the last 10, 15, however many games of the season. Um, yeah, I, that, it's, it's just not a non-issue. It's, it's a non-issue to me. The worst I can see them is dropping down to like the sixth seed. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's tough, <clears throat> obviously, without your two best players. I mean, imagine the Jazz without... Uh, Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson, but <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 sorry, I think you mean Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you, you're right. You're right. Um, uh, but I mean, they're not going to drop that far. Like the, <laughs> the Kings right now are 11th, and the Lakers just beat the crap out of the Kings without <laughs> LeBron and AD. Like there, there is a significant gap even between where the Lakers are right now and the level they'd have to be at to just miss the playoffs, and like if you're the the jazz and the suns right and the lakers say do drop to like seven or eight how 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 much do you think they would tank the last five ten games to try and drop to three so they don't have to see the lakers in the first round i would i think that would be a very smart idea but i don't think (laughs) i i think we always kind of expect nba teams to do that sort of thing and they usually don't um but the rare occasion that they do is really fun. And it would be, uh, I would love to see the the sort of like chess match towards the end of the season as, as teams try to get the favorable playoff matchups. Because I think, you know, I, I think we kind of say this every year, but I, I think the matchup thing in the Western Conference especially is really huge. Like a lot of these teams are very close to each other in, in talent level and ability and, and how they played this year. Um, like you can't tell me the Mavs are that much of a worse team than uh, like the Suns, for example. Uh, even though there's like a five five uh, seed gap between them, but mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's more about those matchups. And I think it would be really interesting to see. You know, uh, to me, I don't think the Jazz want to see the Lakers. I think they would much rather play even the Clippers, who are obviously, like I said, the other favorite in the West to me. Um, I, th- I think that just is a much more favorable matchup for them, but a different team might prefer the Lakers over them. But yeah, I, it would be it would be really interesting to kind of to see how how those teams kind of play those last couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, I, I definitely would love to see the uh, jockeying for position or lack thereof yeah. um, in that in that situation because I definitely think it would happen because that's um, like we're saying, man. If LeBron and AD are healthy going into the playoffs. Nobody wants to see this team. I mean, they're yeah. they're still going to be insanely, insanely good. And obviously, you want those guys to come back and get. I mean, even like ten games um, with with some reps to to kind of shake the rust off going into the playoffs and stuff like that. And and I think they'll be just fine. So I mean, hopefully, the the team just stays healthy from here on out. They get the guys back, things start clicking again. They get the ball rolling again, and 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 I think that they'll be just fine. I mean. 
Obviously, I, I agree with you. I think the Clippers can be very tough because they are a very good three-point shooting team. Um, they have been this year. They've been like really, really efficient from a shooting standpoint. And three-point shooting, I think, is is just such a it's a great equalizer. Like even if you're, um, you know, if you're an underdog in a playoff series, if you hit threes yeah. consistently, that's why I, you know some of us. Were my like me, I was concerned about the Rockets, but not like panicking about the Rockets last year in the playoffs. And we saw it in that game too, like the third quarter, they just went ballistic from the three point line and erased a big deficit from the Lakers. Um, and I mean, the Lakers obviously figured them out, but like a team that can shoot threes um, at a high rate is is tough to beat. Um, yeah. Another team I will say I want to give credit to that I, I, w- I wouldn't say I'm like overly worried about but i think is going to be very tough in the playoffs is going to be the denver nuggets uh that aaron gordon trade i think has really given them a boost i think uh, they have a five five person lineup i think it's like murray uh barton gordon porter and Jokic. that is really really good can do a lot of different things space the floor they're fast they can score play defense like that that lineup is is really really good and that's going to be their go-to lineup probably in the in the postseason um so they're going to be tough they're going to be tough i think that was exactly the type of move that they needed um so they'll be tough as well and obviously the west is just it's tough i think the top six teams in the west right now are all really good um for for different reasons but i still would take the lakers any day over any other team in the West. I mean, the Nets to me are the, the biggest threat just because they have such firepower. Um, yeah. But hey, we gotta gotta get there first, so we'll cross that bridge when we get, when if and when we get there. Um, the main thing is just getting healthy right now. So um, let's talk a little bit about Andre Drummond. We've only gotten to see what 14 minutes of him. Of course, he, he caught the injury bug right away. Um, it doesn't sound like it's going to be something that keeps him out too long. Um, kind of like a game to game thing uh, with the toe injury but how are we feeling about this pickup because it's been there's been a lot of mixed opinions about it you know I'm kind of indifferent on it but um, I'm curious to see uh, what your thoughts have been on the Lakers picking up Andre Drummond yeah um, I think mixed opinions is is exactly how I feel about it as well I think Drummond um, has a lot of strengths that are uh, beneficial to the Lakers I think his rebounding especially um, and especially on the offensive glass with a team that is struggling to really score the basketball right now, he can, you know, save you a few possessions that way, get you a few extra points, um, whether through his putbacks or, or just recycling possession. Uh, and defensively, I think he's, to me, he's not a great defender, but I think Vogel and the Lakers as a whole can, can kind of put him in positions where he can impact uh uh, you know, impact the defensive uh, positioning a little bit better. I think he's got quick hands. He can get some blocks with his athleticism um, and and get some steals with, uh, you know, the, those quick hands and, and his agility. Um, I do think there are some negatives to him. Like I said, I don't think that the defense is, is great. I don't think offensively he's not super skilled. He's an okay passer, but, you know, you're you're not really going to him in the block. He hasn't been finishing at the rim very well at all this season. Mm-hmm. I think he's, he might be shooting under 50% uh, at the rim, which is pretty terrible for a guy of his size. Um, you know, uh, the optimistic outlook of it, I think, to me is the Lakers were able to get a lot out of JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard last year. Um, and neither of those guys, I don't think, have been quite as good as they were last year this year. Uh, which to me kind of shows that you know they the Lakers as a whole, both 
both in terms of the coaching staff and the players and probably especially because of LeBron mm -hmm. are able to put these bigs that are a little bit flawed. They don't have, you know, they're not perfect. They have some strengths, some weaknesses, but they're able to put them in good positions where they turn out to be pretty impactful players. I think both of those guys were huge for the Lakers in the regular season last year. Um, and Dwight especially had some really important moments in the, in the playoffs as well. Um, so that's my optimistic outlook of it. My more pessimistic outlook is that I think it, there is sort of like this uh, balance of your chemistry, your uh, your minutes, your rotation, and we're kind of seeing that with Marcus All right now. Obviously, he doesn't seem very happy about the fact that he's been benched or, or was benched by Drummond before his injury, or that he's potentially going to be losing out minutes to him. He he thinks that he should be an important contributor to this team. And I kind of agree with him. I think Mark um, probably hasn't gotten a, a fair shake in terms of the the perception of him since he's been with the Lakers because mm -hmm. he's not a guy that puts up a lot of numbers. He's not filling out the, bo uh, the box score with points and rebounds. But I think he legitimately has been a really, really crucial part of this team. And I think they really felt that when he was injured. And since he's come back, not injured, but sick. Uh, and since he's come back, I think he's been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And to me, I, I think he unlocks more of this team, especially offensively and even defensively, than Drummond would. Uh, I think his passing has been incredible. Uh, it's, it's super important for this team. It gets guys to, to move without the ball more, get easier shots. And then defensively, uh, again, he has those quick hands. He's always in great positions. Um, he, he, if you show him the ball at any point while you're making a drive, despite him being uh, vertically challenged, let's say, <laughs> and, and a little bit slower, he can get blocks and steals very easily. And to me, I, I think he is the better player than Drummond. I think he deserves more minutes. Um, I have trust in Vogel to kind of figure out that front court rotation, uh, especially when AD comes back of, you know, in what situations is Mark better to play and what situations is Drummond better to play? Uh, you know, Montrose Harrell, where does he fit on all this? Is he now just a full-time four? Uh, or does he play some small small ball five minutes as well? We know he kind of struggled with that in the playoffs with the Clippers last year. Mm -hmm. How can the Lakers put him in a position where, you know, the insane production that he's giving him, they can still get that without him being a liabil liability, especially defensively. Uh, I think it's very, very difficult <laughs> to figure all that out in a pretty short stretch before the playoffs. But as a whole, I mostly, I mostly have a positive look at it as like, all right, I trust these guys. I trust Vogel and I trust LeBron uh, more than you know, uh, more than anybody else to to really kind of figure that out. And I think uh, Vogel had some good comments of like, yeah, we we know that Mark is going to be important for us in the playoffs, and I hope that they do realize that and that these rumors of like a buyout happening don't happen because I think he is going to have some really, really important moments in the playoffs if the Lakers do far, go far. And I think Andre Drummond at least has the potential to have those moments. I, I need to see him play with LeBron and AD. It's really hard to kind of give an outlook on a guy that hasn't played with those guys and has only played 14 minutes with the team. But right. um, I, I think I think there is potential there. I just am not super high on it. And I, I'm not really um, sort of... Uh, putting my eggs in that basket just yet for a good Easter pun to, to close that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm right there with you. Like, I Drummond is a very interesting player because I think 
the big the big like joke for him on Twitter, right, is like he could he's the type of guy that can get thirty points and twenty rebounds and still have very minimal impact on the game. Yeah. Um but like you said, I think um with going into last season, right, when the Lakers signed Dwight Howard, everybody was like, Oh my like what are we doing? This is terrible, this is awful, you know, all this stuff. And then Dwight was great for this team last year. Obviously him and JaVale didn't play a ton in the playoffs because their, their Lakers' best lineups were with AD at the five, which I think is going to be mostly the case again this year. Um, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of how they've handled the situation with Mark Gasol um, because I th- he's the type of guy, like you said, honey. He's not going to fill up the stat sheet, but his impact mm-hmm. really shows up on tape and his his passing and that dynamic, uh, you know, just his his basketball IQ on both ends of the floor really jumps out when you watch the team play. Um, and I think he puts a lot of guys in better positions to succeed, both offensively and defensively. So um, I would like to see Gasol still be part of the rotation. I, I don't think it is super. Um, I don't think it's super wise to to really just take him out for for Drummond, um, especially given the fact that Drummond is you know coming into a situation brand new. He's probably had like one uh, that before that first game. He probably had one walkthrough with the team, yeah. and then you know just was thrown into the starting lineup. And Drummond isn't going to give you the same things that Dwight and and Javale gave the Lakers last year. He, yes, he is a big body. He's a great rebounder. And sometimes, like you said, with a team that is struggling to put the ball in the basket, um, like, trust me, as, as a big North Carolina fan, sometimes their best offense was a missed shot. And it's been that way for a long time. Like, it was a staple of Roy Williams' teams was they are really great offensive rebounding, and that creates, you know, extra shots. So, um, he, I think he can give some of that stuff to the Lakers. Um I have questions about the defense, but I trust the, the talent evaluators for the Lakers. I trust Rob Palenka. And like you said, I mean, not every situation is the same, right? Like Dwight Dwight Howard had been in some situations that were obviously not great for him, um, not great mm-hmm. either fit personality-wise, skill-wise, whatever it was. And, you know, he fits in, he fit in seamlessly with the Lakers playing next to LeBron and AD. And I think Drummond can have some of that, that uh, factor as well. Because LeBron just makes everybody better. He makes everybody better, and especially with big guys, man. He can get so many easy looks for, for those types of guys. He's not the, really the lob threat that, say, a JaVale uh, or, or Dwight Howard is. Um, I think we saw saw that. They tried a, one lob pass to him, yeah. and uh, it was a little too high. Yeah, like that, JaVale probably goes and gets that. Dwight maybe goes and gets that, but uh, that's not exactly in, in Drummond's bag. But... Um, but yeah, it's you know, he. I think he's going to bring some positive things. I don't think he's going to be perfect, um, but I I want to see him play with LeBron and, and preferably also AD uh, before we really judge. Uh, I don't anticipate him or Gasol playing a ton in the playoffs if Anthony Davis is healthy. Uh, per- personally, I would lean probably more towards Gasol being AD's backup at that five spot, but. That's just my personal preference, just because you know I, I trust Gasol to space the floor, his passing, uh, his basketball IQ, that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, that's that's my take on it. I, I I think Drummond's fine, and I believe in in the talent evaluators. I believe in this coaching staff. I think Phil Handy can probably do a lot of great things with with Drummond as well. There's definitely a a skill set and a physical um, like physical attributes to work with. Um, so. 
I think it'll be fine. Uh, it's just that that's probably going to take some time, especially with your your best creator uh, not being there, um, and and even a guy like AD being a guy that can space the floor and and you know wipe away a lot of defensive deficiencies from other guys. Um, yeah. So one of those things that it is going to take time. So I would just implore Laker fans to be patient. I know it's hard, but we just got to be patient. Uh, uh, on the on the patience aspect of, of that, I will say last year when there were rumors of uh, the Lakers signing Dwight or wanting to sign Dwight, I was pretty against it. I thought they should have gone after um, – Joakim Noah, who had similar questions of whether he was washed up or not. Um, but I thought he kind of fit with the team a little bit more. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> Joakim Noah did eventually get signed by the Clippers. I don't think he really ever did anything for them. He, and uh, he ended up retiring this year. So clearly was more washed than Dwight was. Um, this year, I kind of almost felt the same way that I, you know, a little bit of a different situation. But when Gorgie Jen got uh, bought out, uh, by the Grizzlies, mm. I had the thought that I thought Jang might be a better fit for these Lakers than, than Drummond. Uh, I think he's a much better defender, um, and I thought he would kind of just fit in a little bit more seamlessly than Drummond would, and wouldn't do too much at any point. And obviously, they went, you know, they went against that and got Drummond. It's way too early to say whether that was the right decision, whether they even looked at Gorgi Jang or not, um, or whether you know Gorgi Jang ends up being uh, a, a better player for, I don't remember who picked them San up. Antonio, uh, but, yeah, Spurs, yeah. Um, but my, my point on that is that I, I'm fine kind of giving the benefit of the doubt to the Lakers a little bit and kind of trusting trusting that process because they have proven it over the last year or two that they are able to kind of, uh, one, evaluate talent pretty well and, and get the guys that, that they think fit the roster well. And it has, for the most part, panned out. Um, I don't, it's kind of hard to really even come up with an example over the last two years of anybody that they have signed and just wasn't good at all, uh, in their role and to, uh, putting trust in, in the coaching staff and in the rest of the players of being able to fit those guys. Um, so like you said, I, I don't have high hopes for Drummond. Uh, I'm kind of tempering my expectations, but at the same point, I am, you know, a little optimistic uh, of them being able to get, as much out of him uh, in these next couple of months as, as possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally understand, given, like, his age and everything, I mean, he's still, like, in his prime years and everything. I, I think the Lakers probably saw it as a potential, like, boom or bust kind of thing. Like, hey, if we really hit on this, we could have a serious player that we get mm-hmm. for nothing, basically. Yeah. So, uh, totally understand, you know, their, their rationale. I mean, I have always been – of the mindset that I, I did want the Lakers to add another big guy uh, for depth purposes because, I mean, going into the season, it was basically AD, Gasol, and Montrez Harrell. So I was like, I really wanted one more, like, true, like, big guy, like a, like a guy, like, 6'10 and above, um, just for, for depth purposes, for insurance, I guess. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, they finally got it. Of course, they kind of were forced into, into doing it because of, you know, the circumstances, but... Um, I totally get it. I totally get um, why you know AD or why why they would go after the new AD, right? <laughs> AD two, yeah. whatever. So um, yeah, I mean, it's we'll see. I just don't think down the down the stretch of the playoffs, any big that they signed was really going to be a huge, uh, yeah, a huge difference maker because if it, Anthony Davis is healthy, he's going to be the guy at the five. Um, 
probably with with either Montrezl Harrell or LeBron at the four a lot of the time. So um, mm-hmm. not a huge thing for me. I, I, I totally understand why the Lakers would would do it. So. All right, let's look at the remaining uh, stretch of this road trip because it's the, the next few weeks are going to be important for the Lakers because they probably won't have LeBron or AD for quite some time. I was kind of hoping that by the time the Lakers came back from this road trip on April 15th against the Boston Celtics, they'd maybe hopefully get one of those guys back. Um, well, we'll have to see. Um, not looking great. <laughs> But that, that'll be the first game with fans, too. So hopefully, yeah, it, it would be nice to have one of those guys back for that moment. Yeah. So remaining road trip Tuesday, the Lakers play at Toronto. Thursday, they play at Miami. Saturday, they play at Brooklyn. Monday at New York. Tuesday at Charlotte. And then they'll be back home for uh, the Celtics before they play two home games against the, the Jazz and then two road games against the Mavericks, and then the schedule gets um, a little bit lighter after that. So um, how are we feeling about these last five games of the road trip? Obviously, today was not good. The Lakers only scored 86 points. Um, but it was kind of one of those games you kind of penciled in a loss. So um, how do we feel about these last five games of the road trip? Um, it's a difficult stretch, uh, no doubt. Those are you know four teams that are in the playoff picture in the East, a fifth team that could – find its way into the playoff picture um, and, you know, was, has been a great team over the last couple of years. Um, there's none of these games to me are games where I am sitting and saying they have to win that one. Uh, you know, the, the magic win I think uh, last week was one where I was like, all right, that would be a bad loss if the Lakers lose to that team. None of these ones are like that. Even the Raptors uh, team that, you know, ha- has not been as good as people expected, but I think, they're also better than their record indicates. I'm pretty sure they have a positive uh, like net rating and point differential, even though they're under 500. Um, so to me, you know, that yeah, is... Yeah, but you're a Raptors the, fan, so we can't expect you to be objective on the on that subject. <laughs> that, that is fair. <laughs> um, that, that's, that's the game that I would say, you know, over the stretch they should win. I think the Knicks game is probably winnable. The Hornets game is probably winnable. Um, and then the Heat and, and Nets, I would pencil those in as losses although the heat are kind of up and down so who really knows um but but to me i think if we see any sort of improvement over the stretch of one their defense kind of sticks it out the the way that it has been playing over this last little while and then offensively if we get a couple of good games where they actually do start pouring in some points the three-point shooting gets a little little bit better um and then hopefully if, if drummond comes back at some point during the stretch um which I think they're optimistic about, but they haven't really announced anything. Um, then hopefully we got uh, you know a couple of good looks at what he can do, even on a team without LeBron and AD. Um, just sort of the the things that you can kind of add to this team. Yeah, I look at the the, the rest of that five game stretch, and I think, I mean, I think three of them are, are I don't want to say very winnable, but definitely winnable um yeah. i think the, the raptors like you said I, I mean i think they are better than their record and also the lakers there's some kind of hex on the lakers playing the raptors all of a sudden <laughs> uh they haven't beaten the raptors since 1927 and <laughs> so i guess they're not the toronto raptors right now they're the tampa bay raptors right tampa so bay. yeah um so i mean we'll see uh that's one of those I would love for them to win that because I think that would be huge um, because I think the Knicks game is very winnable. Um, 
and the they're getting the Hornets at kind of the right time, right? The Hornets gave the Lakers some problems a couple weeks ago. Um, but in this this go-around, I mean, they're not going to have LaMelo Ball. They won't have uh, Gordon Hayward, Hayward as well. So yeah. uh, they're going to be shorthanded as well. So that would be ideally a game that the Lakers could win, but it is the last game of a long road trip. And you, yeah. never, you never know how that's going to go. It's also the second night of a back-to-back because um, they'll be uh, at the Knicks the night before. So um, we'll see. But if the Lakers can get like even two out of those five, I would honestly be happy with that. Um, they just can't yeah. go on like a 12-game losing streak because then stuff gets kind of dicey. You might be looking at like a 7-8 and eight seed. But like like we were saying earlier <laughs> in the stream, man, it's as long as they're in the top 10, I, I am not – concerned about it like will i be sweating bullets if they have to win two playoff games of course but yeah. will i be worried that they can't do it no like yeah especially if the team is healthy i will take this team up against anybody the the nets obviously yeah. being the biggest threat but um I, I still think this team if fully healthy i would i would still take them over anybody i, I like their chances so just got to get guys back and, and right now just weather the storm and and just get Get into a good good spot with the team fully healthy, get some reps going into the playoffs, and I think that they'll be just fine. So we'll have to uh, obviously play that by ear. Um, <clears throat> but Toronto Tuesday night, uh, that is going to be an earlier start time. Um, mm-hmm. It's five thirty for me, so I think that's four thirty Pacific. Um, yep. So it's going to be an early early start time. So we'll have to see. Um, I will be around for that. Uh, honey, I, so if you're around for that, we will definitely pod after that game as well. Uh, hopefully, I mean, Honey, you're going to be happy either way because one of your favorite teams is going to win. So um, It's a win-win, baby. I might get a Popeye's chicken sandwich just to celebrate. See, you need the Lakers to win, so it knocks the Raptors draft pick down a little bit more. Although they're in the Eastern Conference, so, I mean, they could probably get in at like 10 games under 500. <laughs> That's probably true, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, we did have a couple comments in the chat, so we'll get to those um, before we sign off here. Uh, we had somebody saying KCP is not good. Um, <laughs> listen, here, here's my thing with KCP, right? Obviously, he has struggled for the majority of this season. He's had some high points. He's had some very, very low points. He has proven himself in the postseason, in a championship run, so I'm not going to count someone like that out of anything. Um, Obviously, it's frustrating because we know what he can do when he plays well, and he's a very um, impactful contributor, but I'm not going to discount KCP. I think when the playoffs roll around, he's going to bring it because he he proved it last time, and until he proves otherwise, that's what I'm going to believe. Yeah. Um, I also, this is my, my, uh, my pod rant. There's this thing that Lakers fans do, <laughs> uh, especially when the team isn't playing There's well. a lot of things that, that we do. Yeah. Um, where, I don't know, it, it gets very uh, jarring to see people kind of trash the, their own team's players, especially a guy like KCP who was their third best player on a title winning team last year. Um, and had huge moments uh, in the finals, even uh, I, I, you know against the Heat to, to really bring that title. Um, or a guy like Dennis Schroeder, who it feels like people are kind of turning on because uh, he wants more money than the Lakers can offer him currently, and he's 
willing to wait until free agency instead of signing an extension. Um, I don't really get why people are, are kind of hating on that. I think if any of them were in that situation, they would also do the same thing and try to get the most money that they can. Um, so I, I don't know. I just, I, it's a strange thing to me because I, I can't really fathom watching a team and enjoying a team and then uh, rooting for a team and then also like trashing the players on it kind of consistently. Uh, anyway, to answer the question or comment, uh, <laughs> I don't think KCP is a bad player. I think he has been bad this year um, for the for the vast majority of it. I think there should be some concern. Um, I also think that once LeBron James is back and he is the one uh, running the offense and getting him open looks, that KCP will do a, a much better job. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, I'm I'm not entirely uh, worried about it. I think he's still going to have important moments in the playoffs. And by the way, if he doesn't, if he just isn't good anymore for some reason, they still have Dennis Schroeder, who I think has been really good this year. Uh, Wesley Matthews, who after a poor start has really kind of got, gotten it going recently and, and has been pretty important over this last little while. And then, you know, whatever you can get out of Crusoe, who I think has struggled just as much as KCP, especially since LeBron has, has gone out. And I think he is the guy that probably needs LeBron back in the lineup more than anybody. Um, and then Taylor Horton Tucker, who keeps improving. He has his, his you know, his, his sort of fluctuations in his game. He has games where he really struggles and games where he really shows how, how much potential he has. But that's not a bad break in case of emergency to have in the playoffs. He might not get a lot of minutes, but if KCP is not playing well and, and Frank Vogel needs to bring in somebody to kind of get those minutes, I think most of us would be happy with Taylor getting, getting a little bit more time. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm just not too concerned about it. We just need Mike Breen to call every game and then Taylor Horton Tucker will be great because I don't think he's had a bad game when Mike Breen is – Mike Breen loves him to death. So, because uh, I, I think every time Mike Breen's, you know, there for a Laker game, THC plays pretty well. So, yeah, I, I'm – I mean, listen, a lot of these guys are struggling. They're playing roles that I don't think that they expected to play. And when LeBron and AD get back, those guys fall into those roles, and I think that they'll be just fine. And I think KCP is no exception to that. I think yeah. there's a lot of these guys that are maybe pressing a little bit, in all honesty, with your two superstars out, guys have got to step up. And when you have to do that night in and night out, it's a little different when you know a guy maybe goes down with foul trouble or whatever, and you have to step up for a game. When you have to do it every single night, it kind of puts into perspective, I think, how great some of these like superstar talents are that they're, it's expected of them, and they bring it every single night. Like, that's the type of yeah. stuff that separates a superstar from a role player. Like, role players, I think, can step up in given situations and stuff like that. Superstars bring it every night, despite the expectation, despite the defensive attention, all that stuff. And when the two, if the two superstars come back, the defensive attention comes with it, frees up some, some more space and stuff like that, some better looks. And just more comfortability, I think, more than anything for these guys. And and KCP definitely falls into that category. So, uh, um, And by the way, uh, just one last note on this. There's been like this kind of weird like narrative, I guess. It's, it's not super common, but I've seen it enough that it kind of bugs me of people saying that, you know, KCP is not that proven. He only showed it uh, in the playoffs last year for like a 20-game stretch. Uh, one, that's... That's the most important part of the season. And two, uh, that's not true. He was really good all regular season outside of like the first three weeks of the season when everybody wanted to, uh, I don't know, boot him off the team. Um, I, I think he was 
pretty consistently the third best player on that team last year. And, you know, a team that goes on and wins a championship, if you're the third best player on that team, you're a pretty damn good player. And I'm I'm okay with kind of riding the storm and, and just hoping that he, he's going to figure it out by, by the time the playoffs roll around again. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Next comment was, I think we are overreacting about the Mark thing. The biggest problem is that the shots are not falling and secondary, uh, that Dennis is not a true playmaker, especially right now that LeBron – is out thoughts on that oh i get to do it again uh, <laughs> okay um what i don't i'm trying to kind of figure out what those things have to do with each other yes i think the biggest issue right now is the shots are not falling for the lakers the offense is bad because of that reason um i don't think the looks they're getting are at the same level as they are when lebron and ad play because that's pretty obvious those like we just said those are the guys that um you know, take the defensive attention, they make the right plays, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they're superstars. That's what they do. Um, Schroeder as being a true playmaker, I mean, yeah, I, he's not Chris Paul, but the guy before this game was averaging 19 and 7 since uh, LeBron went down with his injury. And everybody, I, I tweeted about this, and everybody was arguing with me about it being empty calories, and he only did it against bad teams. Like well, if he didn't do it against those bad <laughs> well, if you didn't do it against those bad teams, they would have lost to them too. So I don't really know what, yeah. what the deal with that is. Dennis Schroeder is not a superstar. He should you Your expectations should not be that he is a guy that is going to just carry this team to wins without their two star players. He is a role player. He's a very good role player. Yes, I understand that he wants a lot of money for a role player in an uh, open market where everything else was equal between all teams. He probably wouldn't make $25 million a year. But he understands that he has leverage because if the Lakers lose him, they don't have cap space to get anybody remotely as good as him. Mm. So, you know, I, I have no problem with him trying to get more money because of that. And it doesn't really matter for the Lakers because it doesn't change anything about their cap space. All it does is put them in luxury tax. And frankly, no offense, but it's uh, Genie Buss's money, not mine. I don't really give a damn about the luxury tax. Um, so, you know... I, I, it's the same deal. Like, I don't really understand what people want from Shooter in this situation. I think he's been playing fine. I, you know, he has his moments where he's not very good. Uh, and he has his moments where he's really, really good because a good role player is like that. Um, and I think as somebody who was a little um, cautious uh, when the Lakers made the trade to get him, um, I think he's more than exceeded my expectations. And he, by the way, is playing hard as hell every single night. His defense has been way better than I expected. He is Superman diving to get loose balls all the time, and I'm afraid that he's going to break every bone in his body doing that. But uh, I don't know. Give give me that guy seven days out of a week uh, you know, to be on this team. And when LeBron and AD come back, I think he, again, like KCP, is going to be a really, really important part if this team makes a deep playoff run and wins a championship. Yeah, and that's the thing with with Schroeder is that I almost I feel like expectations are maybe a little too high for him. Yes, he wants a lot of money. Breaking news: employee wants more money for their job. <laughs> like it, it's it's a thing. Uh, so, but the reality is, is he a, a superstar? No. Is he an all star? No. Is he a good player? Yes. Is he a perfect player? No. His his role in this team, though, when LeBron and AD are healthy 
is going to be being probably anywhere between the third best player on a given night to their sixth best player, right? You've got guys like Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, like we saw in the playoffs last year. They can step up and be like that third third best guy. So, you know, it's it, it, it's a by-committee thing. So, and Schroeder fits into that committee behind LeBron and AD. Like, this, this whole team, I mean, maybe outside of the, you know, I mean, even Kuzma has had great games, but he's also had very bad games. Uh, Montrezl Harrell, I think, for the most part, has been fair. I mean, pretty strongly consistent. Um, you know, but even he has has nights where you know he doesn't play overly well. Like these guys are mostly role players, and and that's that's okay. That's okay. Like yeah. this is just their situation right now. And a shooter is not a perfect player, and he's essentially their backup point guard to tie into. The uh, the last comment we got that we need a backup point guard. I mean that is basically Dennis Schroeder. Right now yeah. their starting point guard essentially is LeBron James and he's out. So um, it's like it's going to be okay. Like I'm telling everybody because the other comment that we we got was looking like the playing tournament for the Lakers. Everybody <laughs> take a deep breath. Let's relax. The Lakers are fine. I mean what we say they were 31 and 19. Like, it's going to be okay. I know they're struggling. They're severely underhanded or undermanned right now, but it's going to be okay. They're gonna they're gonna get through this. I don't know how much damage will be done, but not enough damage is going to be done to this team before LeBron and AD get back. And once they get those guys back, everything's going to be just fine. I will. I can't guarantee it, but I, if I could guarantee anything, I have no control over. <laughs> that might be what it would be. Yeah, man. I mean, Anthony Davis hasn't played in uh, like seven weeks. He's played 23 out of 50 games, literally less than half of the season, and this team is 31 and 19. That's your second best player, the most important player to your defense, and your defense is still up, uh, in the top five of the league. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I... The only real concern should be whether LeBron and AD can come back healthy and get to where they were before they got injured. Um, because outside of that, everything else, all of these other little issues that are popping up of, well, KCP's not shooting well enough, well, Dennis Schroeder isn't uh, enough of a playmaker, well, Marcus Hall is unhappy. All of those stuff, it legitimately gets wiped clean if there's a healthy LeBron and AD. Um, there's still concerns, yeah. The three-point shooting isn't very good. The three-point shooting wasn't good last year either. <laughs> um, they don't have a backup point guard. They didn't really. I mean, I guess Rondo, but you didn't expect them. You didn't expect Rondo to be as good as he was in the playoffs before that. So, uh, I mean, uh, I'm I'm frustrated too because I like seeing my team win games. It's a lot more fun. It's a lot more fun to do these podcasts after they win games, but. Uh, I, I just can't bring myself to really be concerned um, when we're seeing this team without the two dudes earning like $70 million a year combined. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't really have anything else to add. Like, it's it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. If, uh, assuming the guys come back, get healthy, they come back, guys stay healthy, this team will be just fine. Will they win a championship? Who knows? But they're going to be really, really, really tough to beat uh, if they're healthy. So that's that's the number one yeah. thing. It has always been the number one thing with this team, and it's going to be the number one thing 
um, until proven otherwise, until they run into a team that can beat them fully healthy, and then you have a different set of problems, and you figure that out um, when you get there. So, all right, last question was, what is your opinion about Austin Rivers? Has anybody picked him up yet? So, actually, uh, um, I have been thinking about him. There was a rumor that the Bucks were going to pick him up, and then they signed. Oh, that's um, right. And then nothing came of it. Who did they sign? Yeah, they sent somebody else. I don't remember who it is. Now. They traded for um, PJ Tucker. They gave Drew Holiday forty million dollars a year over the next four <laughs> years. Which, hey, shout out to Drew, man. Drew is a is a great dude, and uh, it's cool to see uh, yeah. Drew Holiday get paid. But yeah, I love Drew Holiday. Um, yeah, so so right now it seems like nobody's picked him up. I don't know if that means that the Bucks are going to pick him up at some point, um, and they're waiting for some reason. I don't know why that would be. Um, but right now, I, it seems like he's a free agent. I would be open to that idea. Uh, I think he's a fine player. He's a pretty solid, like, 3 and D sort of guy. Um, I guess the only issue is he's more of a guard. He's kind of undersized if you want him to play on the wing, and the Lakers have a lot of guards. Uh, I guess it's insurance for if KCP doesn't figure things out or if Caruso can't do enough. Or, uh, I mean, I don't even want to say Talon because I don't think Talon's going to be that important of a player in the playoffs if those guys are playing well. So that's the Houston I, Rockets that honey. <laughs> uh, so I wouldn't be against Austin Rivers. I don't, he might be, he might be the best player available. I don't know if he's the best need. Um, another guy I think is kind of interesting right now is Ben McLemore. Uh, you want to talk about shooters. He's a great shooter. I think LeBron really likes him. I believe he's a clutch guy. Um, not a great defender though. So yeah. I don't know. Um, all, all these guys, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. All of them are going to have flaws. None of them are going to be perfect. You're just kind of looking for the one that kind of fits your team the most, sort of like Marquise Morris did last year. He obviously has, has his own flaws, but he was legitimately huge for the Lakers last year, especially in that Houston series. So if, if they can get somebody uh, that can have that sort of impact or doesn't even have to be that high of an impact, but just be able to play those spot minutes and kind of uh, just plug in the, the little holes that the Lakers have on their roster, then that, that's all you can ask for. I, for one, am shocked that there's no perfect players available with 22 <laughs> games left in the regular season. I, I, usually, I mean, perfect players are available whenever April rolls around. I just, it's a weird year. The, the Raptors got to stop playing around and, and buy out Kyle Lowry. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, somebody said uh, the Bucks signed Jeff Teague. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not too tied in with what the, the Bucks are doing, so I appreciate that. So, um yeah, man, uh, it's good to be back on this. just want to remind everybody, it's going to be okay. Let's take some deep <laughs> breaths, have a Popeye's chicken sandwich, and um, put yourself in a little food coma, maybe take a little nap, and uh, it'll be okay. So, um, we'll- I, I, I don't know what body uh, or like uh, organization gives you uh, a certificate to be allowed to perform uh, therapy, but when I find out, I'm just uploading this... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this this podcast as as my resume and seeing if I can if I can get into that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Calming the masses, man. Um, it's it's rough sledding right now for the Lakers, but it's it's gonna be okay. I, I swear it'll be okay. So, all right, uh, we'll be back on Tuesday night. Lakers play the Tampa Bay Raptors. Uh, Hani's. <laughs> I don't know if it's Hani's second favorite team or his first favorite team. So it's my third favorite team. The second one is the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So, um, so yeah, we'll see if the Lakers can end their 
I don't even know how many games it is 98 game losing streak to the Toronto Raptors and uh, or Tampa, Tampa. Well, maybe because maybe because it's the Tampa Bay Raptors right now. Maybe the yeah. Lakers can finally beat them. There, so. We'll Would that see. even count as breaking the streak? Got to got to consult the record books. Listen, <laughs> I'm gonna take whatever I can get at this point. So, um, yeah, we'll be back Tuesday. It was really good to to get back on this and start doing this again. Um, I'm excited for uh, the final stretch of the regular season, the last 22 games uh, going into the playoffs. Because yes, I'm saying it right here, right now, the Lakers are gonna be in the playoffs. No matter what some of you guys think, they're gonna be there. I mean, at the very least in the play-in games. So. Um, that's the Gary guarantee. That that is, yeah. Or it's the Kester kiss of death. We, we don't know yet. So, um, ooh, that's a that's a good segment. We got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just figured something out. <laughs> we're, we're back. We're mid-season form, even with the long layoff. Um, all right. So, yeah, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, thank you guys for for tuning in. Um, like I said. Apologize for the long break uh, that, that we had. That was 100% on me, um, but that should be a thing of the past, and we'll, we'll be um, on here more and more, especially when the Lakers play uh, super early, um, like right around dinner time. That's more ideal than than those late night uh, West Coast games. So, um, but yeah, we'll be back Tuesday night. Um, as always, you can follow, like, subscribe to us on Twitch.tv. Uh, slash Lakers Outsiders. You can subscribe to us on uh, YouTube and as well over on Facebook.com slash Lakers Outsiders. Follow Hani on Twitter at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. I need to get that up on the screen um, for next time so I don't have to keep repeating all this. Um, you can follow me on Twitter just at Gary Kester, um, G-A-R-Y-K-E-S-T-E-R. Um, you can also follow me on, on my personal Twitch account uh, if you're into gaming and that kind of stuff. Uh, just right up on the screen under latest subscriber, uh, SwitchDK right there uh, on Twitch. And, yeah, we'll be back on Tuesday. Thank you guys so much. Um, but until next time, with Hani Amadi, this is Gary Kester and the Lakers Outsiders signing off. Shout out. I don't have one prepared because I forgot we do that. <laughs> <laughs>